Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. We are both in San Diego County. It's nice to be here. Seems like it's been a while. That's exactly how the Padres felt. But amazingly, well, not amazingly, but, you know, impressively, I would say. Seven and two on this road trip. Jay, what did you think watching it from afar? I would call it amazing and impressive. And um, I, I did laugh at Jake Cronenworth's comment. I don't know if it was in your story or in your newsletter that he said, I don't even remember the last time we were home. I'm sure it feels like that even more for you since Jake doesn't uh, Jake doesn't fly commercial, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so um, it's good that you're back and the, the Padres have to feel great about what they did. I mean, I, I don't care who you're playing. And, you know, this wasn't the Pirates and the Reds and the Indians. As you noted today, they, that trip was 6-2, and two, but it felt like it should have been 8-0. Or certainly could have been eight. No, this was you know the Braves who who did win the World Series last year, the Phillies who did not have Bryce Harper but are still supposed to be a pretty good team, and the Giants, who we know have been a good team, and the Padres were seven and two. You know we could pick apart and probably will pick apart a couple of the games and a couple of the things that happened and a couple of the things that are you know still not right with this team, but. You know they're twenty-seven and fourteen. That's pretty good, and and it's hard to be hard to be too critical when they're, you know, when they're doing that. And and uh, of course they're in a division with a team that's twenty-seven and thirteen, and 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 gave away a game yesterday with uh, that weird Max Muncy walk-off error that you don't uh, that you don't see every day. But I don't see how anybody could have expected anything more from this road trip. And to win, to win seven out of nine. I mean, I, I would think you get a winning road trip. That's good. You win six out of nine. That's great to win seven out of nine. You know, I, I just don't see how anybody could expect more than that. They faced really good starting pitching. They mostly handled it and, and got to the point where they could, you know, beat up on some bullpens. By the way, the Braves had one of the better bullpens in the majors. They beat up on that bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I wouldn't say they beat up on the Phillies bullpen. They did what they needed to do to win two or three. That's <laughs> yeah, nobody beat up anybody in that game. Where the, 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 the losing team never scored uh, in, right. in that series. And then a sweep of the Diamondbacks. I mean, at the at the Diamondbacks. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> impressive. Uh, at, the, at the Giants. The Diamondbacks just never leave my mind. In San Francisco, which is a is a it is a difficult place to play. It's always intense, and that that team is is intense. And they got two one run wins. And I don't know. I mean, I have to stop myself from rolling my eyes every time Bob Melvin talks about you know the the building of the identity and and all that. But I don't know a few more weeks of this, and I might start to believe it. Uh, he even said it yesterday. You know, it's nice to win one of these, sure, but hey, we've shown we can win the other the way. I believe Bob Melvin is always sending his team a message, okay, mm-hmm. and and that he wants them to believe that. And hey, it's working for him. And the thing with Bob Melvin when he sends, I, I think all managers try to send messages. I, I think the sense I get from the messages Bob Melvin sends is that the players listen, yeah. Um, yeah. and that's what that's what the yeah. Padres were counting on when when they got Bob Melvin, and and that's the whole idea. I mean, I. Look, they, they got off to a fast start, and we're not going to let this stat go until we get past August. But, you know, in, in August last year, the Padres were 17 games over 500. It wasn't like they didn't – maybe they didn't like Jace Tingler. Maybe they didn't listen to Jace Tingler, whatever the case may be. They still played pretty well and for, for pretty long stretches of time. So I, I don't think that we can just say that Bob Melvin has changed everything because we have to see how things go. It 
it feels different, but until something, until they have a stretch where they don't play well and, and we see how they react to it, you know, I think we need to certainly withhold judgment a little bit. And, and, but as I said, 27 and 14 is pretty hard to complain about. And now they're playing a team, you know, we can get into Milwaukee right away if you want, or we can go back and talk about the weekend, but they're playing a team now um, coming in this week. That's 26 and 15 uh, the Brewers. So again, it's a good, it's a good test. The one thing I want to note with the Padres is they're 17 and seven on the road. That's the best winning percentage in baseball for a road team. They're, they're only 10 and seven uh, at home. So they'll get almost caught up in terms of home versus road games this week when they play three with the Brewers, three with the Pirates. But I, I don't know if it says anything about them, if it says anything about Melvin or whatever, and, and Ryan Christensen, who obviously did well uh, as a fill-in. But to have the best record on the road uh, it, it is a good thing. And like I said, the last nine games were against teams that are pretty good, or at least should be pretty good. Yeah, before we get to the Brewers, real quick, like if you're talking about singular forces, Manny Machado, would be mm-hmm. number one on my list of, you know, what's going right this year. But Bob Melvin is right there. And obviously, I agree with everything you said. Everything that we've watched with the Padres now should be viewed through. What's the date? You know? Right. And, 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 and last year, at the end of May, I really believe that that uh, Milwaukee-Houston-Chicago trip was one of the things that – started the downturn for this team. It was just, it was a rough trip and, and they were playing good teams at the time. They came home and played the Mets, I believe, then the Cubs again. It was just a, this was about when it started to, to not be great. But like you said, they still hung on for another couple months. I mean, right. you know, never got, they actually in June got super hot again for a, a stretch of 10 days. But then in July, just kind of limped through three wins, two losses, two wins, three losses, you know. And we're like, oh, okay, fine. This is how they'll get to the playoffs. Everything should be viewed through that. But it is different. They haven't lost two in a row. Um, they, yeah, I wanted, to, I, say. I, I wanted to say more. I wanted to mention that because I was just looking back at this trip. You know, it started with the game, the Friday night game in Atlanta. And, you know, the Padres had a lead in that game and then coughed it up in the sixth inning with a four run inning. They came back and scored to go ahead uh, in right away in the seventh mm-hmm. and then added on in the, uh, in the ninth. And then the next day, and, and this is the one game on the trip where you can say, Hey, they, they really let one get away. They had the big, but you know, they had the big inning in the top of the eighth on that Saturday in Atlanta and Stephen Wilson coughed it up in the bottom of the eighth. We talked about that last week but as we also talked about they came right back and they won on sunday and when they lost in philadelphia they came right back and they won again in fact they've won four in a row this team has not lost even two in a row for several for a few weeks right april Um, 15th and 16th to the Braves, and not lost more than two in a row all season when there was one other time they lost two in a row to the giants yeah, and so I mean, I, I think there's something to be said for that. That this team does, has, at least at, at this point, and we're a quarter, you know, I guess ex- pretty much exactly a quarter of the way through the season right now. And they have not had a losing streak of, uh, I wouldn't even call two games a losing streak. They've not had a losing streak. I don't know about every other team in baseball. I know the Dodgers have had a streak of longer than two games. So I do think there's something to be said for that. And obviously, it's Melvin who helps. It's Machado, who's been just unbelievable. 
it's also and it starts with the pitching. That's why. And that's why I said the singular force is Manny, right. and then there's yeah. Bob Melvin, and then if you're the MVP of the team, is the starting rotation. And if you're going to pitch like this, and <laughs> and the way that these guys have pitched, then that's going to keep you. I mean, look, it's an old. We've, we've you and I have watched a lot of baseball. If if you're going to pitch like this, it's going to keep you from having long losing streaks. And you know, you Darvish has been tremendous. Uh, one awful game, one other shaky game. Um, you know, Joe Musgrove has been fantastic the entire season. Mackenzie Gore has been better than anybody could have thought he would be. Look, this is this is the kind of outings Mackenzie Gore is throwing right now that you would have expected in his career as a guy who was taken as the yes. third pick. I'm not sure you would have expected it in his first six starts or whatever it's been uh, so far, you know, and they got a couple of good outings from Clevenger we can get to, which is a concern. Um, Sean Manaya has been decent, you know, good, good to decent, but I certainly wouldn't say he's been as great as maybe we could have expected or, or would have thought. But the bottom line is every night, it's such a cliche, these guys go out and the starting pitcher is giving them a chance to win games. And when you've got that, you, that's, a, that's a big part of the battle in baseball. Yeah. What I love about cliches, you know what I love about cliches. They're cliches <laughs> for a reason. But the thing about them is they rarely actually come true. Like, you know, you you espouse the cliche. Oh, we've got the starting rotation that gives us a chance to win every night. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You're right. Like, if I were on the mound, you could have a chance, I guess. <laughs> um, this one is true. You have the cliche, and here's the one that the Padres have blown my mind with, the cliche of, you know, play uh, pitching, defense, and timely hitting. That wins games. Okay, yeah, right. Right. Uh, you know, so do the, the teams with the highest slugging percentage win games too. <laughs> well, here are the Padres for more than a month winning games by pitching, defense, and timely hitting. Um, and so I, I enjoy that very much. You, Mackenzie Gore, real quick. Jay, you probably remember when I covered the Chargers, I was not a huge draft guy because – they haven't played in the NFL yet. And, and I was pushing back on the fact that everyone would lose their mind for a month um, or two about these players. And we knew what they were going to do. And, and it was and following along. And, and when everyone was wrong, well, the next year we bought right back into mm -hmm. you know all that. Anyway, and those are players that immediately play in the NFL. Right. right. The prospects thing, I don't, I don't even let it drive me crazy because it's so silly. But the, um, I guess there was a remaking or something of the prospects today for one of these sites. And I respect the heck out of what they do. I respect mm -hmm. the heck out of what Jeff Sanders does for us. That's great. But it just made me laugh because Mackenzie Gore is still like the 90th ranked prospect or something. He's in the right. major leagues throwing six one-run innings. Right. Like every time out, five or six innings, he's giving up one run, maybe two runs. I mean, he has looked like a guy that – you would hope he would be as the number three pick in his third year or something like that. And I know nobody wants to wait three years or anything like that for guys to, to show up. And if, you know, your first outing is your outing. And after that, it's, that's all you are. But if this is what he is, he's, he's pretty darn good. And he's, I, I just, you can't find fault with anything that he's, that he's done. He's went, he's winning or not just winning, but he's pitching well when he, has his his A game, his B game, his C game, his A slider, his D slider, whatever you want to call it. He's, he's had bulldog. different. He's had to go about it different yep. ways, and it yep. seems like each time he's found a way to get through his five or six innings 
and, you know, not just keep the team in the game, but but give them a tremendous chance to win each time out. Now, the so question's going to come, and we'll get to this later. What happens when his innings total keeps rising and and who's going to shut and what's going to happen when they have to shut him down a little bit or ease off? And one of the ways to do that was to have five other really healthy starters. And obviously the news over the weekend that Mike Clevenger is not healthy is not a good sign. I'm not even going to say that it looks like it's nothing serious because you and I have been doing this with this team for too long. And look, let's hope it's nothing serious. I will believe I will believe it when I see Clevenger out on the mound again. Hopefully that's after missing only a couple starts. He gets back out there. He looks good because he, he was pitching well before this. But I'm not even going to say I'm not even going to speculate about that because it's useless. I do we think need that's to see Clev- wise. We need to see Clevenger on the mound again. I do think that's wise. We'll know in a few days what they truthfully believe and I'll get to that in a second because the reason I say we'll know in a couple of days is um, he's supposed to just be shut down for a few days and, right, right. and then start throwing some bullpens and be right back in. I will say that Bob Melvin seemed to really struggle with this. It was almost like he wanted to tell us before the game, but like, you know, couldn't. And, and I really believe that partially was they were thinking about letting him pitch again, see if he could go a few innings. And, and I really believe that based that's on all the information yesterday that it is. This is not Jace Tingler, who was afraid to say anything, didn't say anything, thought that if he said anything, it might help the other team, you know, get a base runner or something. Um, this is, I really believe, a minor thing. It doesn't matter because Jay Posner is right. We will wait to see until Mike Clevenger is back out on the mound. Let's get that. Let's get that circulating somewhere that I see it all the time. It's nothing new. Um, Of course I I know. So Jay, we got a, what we have is Nick Martinez, who, I mean, I'm telling you, I know his last start wasn't great by the numbers, but he pitched really well in that. He did had a bad inning. He's not a great pitcher. When Nick Martinez has a bad inning, the other team's going to score three or four runs. He had four good innings and a bad inning. The start before that seven innings, I believe it was one run. Um, He pitched the five scoreless innings. Four scoreless innings Four score. of, yeah. uh, of relief the other night looked absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, that changeup is for real. He's starting tonight. Wow, that's pretty cool, man. They're not calling up uh, Reese Kinnear. No offense, Reese. They're not right. calling up Reese Kinnear. Nick Martinez will start for them tonight. Uh, tomorrow night will be Blake Snell. I'm sure you want to talk about that. And then you, Darvish. The Padres do not miss. Corbin Burns, he will face Blake Snell tomorrow night. Adrian Hauser tonight, Corbin Burns, and then Aaron Ashby. Jay, what do you got on the Brewers? Well, I was surprised to see Aaron Ashby down for Wednesday because Eric Lauer, who has been incredible no, for, no. The, for the for the Brewers, and man, they the face the was, Cardinals next. That, yeah, I don't know maybe if that's, that's anything, it. but I, I don't know if it is. And that trade looks worse and worse by the day. I know the Padres didn't have it was it was the right move to get rid of Eric Lauer and and Luis Urias, who I, I just don't think there was necessarily room for either one of them. Um, That's one of the things. I, I don't know. I mean, you can mention it. But again, when you do make a deal like that, just because you have to trade people, it's who you get in return yeah. that, that counts. I mean, Zach Davies was useful, uh, and he did help them get Darvish. So, I, you know, in that sense, you, you can't argue, you know, you and I have differed for the last year or so on Trent Grisham. I was really down on him last year. You were more forgiving. 
Um, I'm still down on him this year. I don't see any reason to change my mind um, based on his, his offense right now. I mean, he has his moments, but in general, to me, he still takes way too many pitches and not just pitches early in the at-bat, but pitches late in the at-bat. And, you know, sort of there, there comes a time where you got to protect the plate so you don't strike out. And even if it's a pitch that you don't think you can hit, I mean, I, I, I don't know, maybe this is old school and guys don't do this anymore and, I, and I'm showing my age. But if there's a pitch that's on the corner, you can't just hope that the guy's going to call it a ball. You need to foul it off. And, and that's the part where I think some of these guys, and I think Grisham has appeared to be the worst of this so far. Um, but anyway, what I was getting at, and we can get back to that in a second, Lauer pitched on Friday, pitched a seven-inning shutout, I think it was, against Washington. And so I thought he might pitch Wednesday here because that would kind of be the normal day, but he's, he's not going to throw that day. So the Padres are, all, are, are missing Lauer. They're missing Brandon Woodruff, who's a pretty good pitcher, but has not been all that great this year. As you said, they're not missing Burns. One suggestion I would make for the Padres is not letting this come down to the ninth inning and having the Brewers have a lead because Josh Hader and and I think there was a game last year where the Padres was it last year where the Padres knocked him around um, a little bit. Does that stand out or maybe the it year does? I, I know what you're talking about and I'm thinking it can't be 2019 since they didn't play them in 20. So yeah, so it must have been last. It must have been last year. But Josh Hader, Josh Hader this year has pitched in 15 games. He has 15 saves. Um, he's pitched 13 and two-thirds innings, and he's allowed. He's not allowed a run. He's allowed two hits. 44 at-bats, two hits, two for 44, 21 strikeouts. And so, again, I, I'm not sure that you want it to come down to, to Josh Hader there. The other interesting guy out of the bullpen is Devin Williams, who beat out Jake Cronenworth, was one of the guys who beat out Cronenworth for rookie of the year a couple of years ago, which I, I thought was kind of silly that a, a, like a setup reliever would get that, but I, I really don't care about awards. So especially I, rookie not, of the year. Yeah. Almost any award. Williams has pitched 15 innings this year and he struck out 29, but so his rate is actually higher even than haters. He's also allowed 11 hits and 11 walks. So he is, he is quite interesting when he, uh, when he comes out there, but uh Anyway, that's where the Brewers are. Uh, I know that you that you are well, very familiar with their leading home run hitter, um, and um, love me some. Who used to, yeah, used to play right field for the love, uh, love me some Renfro for the for the Padres and and provided a couple great moments for the for the Padres. I mean, obviously that walk off slam against Kenley Jansen, which was um, which was three years ago, but um, Renfro's been good this year. Uh, he has nine home runs. He only has 19 RBIs, which I found kind of funny. Uh, his on-base percentage is over 300, which was always the uh, always the knock against. I remember him. when he'd get like 303, he'd be like, "Oh my gosh, Hunter Renfro's coming around." I, I think it's I think it's 305. Uh, I think it's three three. Yeah, it's 305 this year. He's hitting 268, which is the best mm-hmm. batting average on the Brewers among you know their regular guys. Urias is back, I believe. Uh, he played Saturday, didn't play yesterday. He's only played 16 games, but has been good. Rowdy Tellez uh, or Tellez has been has been good. So the Brewers ranked fifth in OPS. Um, That's something. The Padres new. are 19th, but the interesting thing oh. is they're seventh in runs. The Padres are ninth, so there's only a difference of eight runs between the two teams. The Brewers have 55 home runs, though, 
and the you know, Padres have 32. Now I know they put their park is a little easier to hit home runs in, but, uh, and so it's still, it'll, it'll be a division. test and their and their ERA. Yeah. They play in that division, their ERA 3.46 Padres 3.47. So there you have you know, it. For all that we talk about and I, uh, you know, look, uh, I'll, I'll invoke the it's early and I've been traveling and I'm tired uh, card. I, I had these stats rattling around in my head, but I, I will promise you that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on a tangent here. That's correct for all that we bash on this offense. And yes, the Padres need to hit more homers and they know it, you know, they scored in four different innings in two games on this trip. They scored in three different innings in multiple games beyond that. Um, they're, like you said, they're whatever it is, ninth in runs. Yeah. Uh, they had six, 17 hits yesterday. They had 16 hits the first game of the trip. Um, I don't know. They're, 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 they're doing okay. I, I, again, yeah. like I'm writing almost every day about something that's wrong or that could be wrong or whatever. There's even been a couple of times I'm like, geez, man, really. But this has been, that's the fun part of covering this team. And I would hope that it's some part of the enjoyment of being a fan of this team is that now when you're griping about them, it's stuff like that. Oh, they're winning, but how will they win the World Series? They're winning, but how will they right. beat the Dodgers? That should be at least a little bit fun for us. Um, it certainly well, is for me. And I think that if if you're not enjoying watching Manny Machado right now, then you're just watching the wrong sport. And and I could and I could say that a little bit about Hosmer as well. But Machado's just Machado's just different. I mean, Hosmer has had a had a very good season. Um, but there's just something different about when Machado comes to the plate. I'm still surprised. Um, there, there's always one of the guys on our copy desk is always asking, why are they ever, why does anybody pitch to Machado? And it's, it's a pretty fair question sometimes. Why do they, why does Machado get anything to hit? And yesterday was, you know, another example where uh, he was just, you know, roping balls around the ballpark. He did have one, one soft double, but otherwise he was, he just hits the ball hard almost all the time. And it's, you know, he made the, the turn the double play yesterday on a play that was so much harder than it looked. Golly, um, that was incredible. I know. And, and it gets glossed and, over because, yeah. I mean, but I watched it four times again. Like it was incredible. You're right, Jay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just think, and, and, you know, yes, it's really early in the season. It's a quarter of the way through the season. He's been the best player in the national league for the first quarter of the season now whatever that means going forward means nothing but for and it doesn't mean he's going to be the mvp or anything like that and mvp stuff gets talked about way too soon so don't even mention that he's the mvp just mention he's been he's the best player in the in the league right now i mean based on everything that we've seen um at least watching being able to see him every day so again if you're not if you're not enjoying that if you're not enjoying this pitching staff not enjoying Taylor Rogers. Yeah, it's easy to pick stuff apart. It's easy to pick on certain guys, uh, you know, even guys that are hitting well over 300 uh, that people still love to pick on. But look, Will Myers had a big weekend. Cronenworth had a big home run the other night. You know, there's just that they're getting enough, to, as you mentioned, enough timely hitting where they're still winning games. Will Myers might be. I can't believe it took us 24 minutes. Will Myers might be on a Will Myers mode right now. That's he what might he be. might be in. And so you just talking about with a couple of players yesterday, you just get out of the way and write it while, while Will is going, because <laughs> it could be 12 games long, could be seven, could be 20. Just, just let it go. Um, you know, it's weird, Jay. I, I don't know if you thought maybe I did, but 
I did not get any emails. I can't authoritatively speak on tweets. I've talked about my mental health and the fact that I don't necessarily check a lot of tweets, but um, I'm fairly good with emails. I didn't get a lot of emails telling me about how Hosmer picked that last throw on Saturday. That's weird. I didn't get any because had he missed it. Right. I mean, I know that's a first baseman's job and everything to do that. It was still a nice play, but, but I definitely would have got like 10 emails and God forbid if I saw the tweets, if he had missed (laughs) that. So I just, I don't know. It was weird. I was really surprised by that. Okay. Sarcasm. I don't don't think you were. (laughs) Maybe I missed that. I, I I don't know. I, I, I will say I, this. I, like, Eric Hosmer thoughts. is is getting, like, one, he's going one for four, one for five every night. Um, yeah. He's still hitting the ball hard. Yeah, right. There's a reason. The people that talk about hitting the ball on the ground, there's a reason that that's valid. Like, you know, a lot of times he hits the ball 104 miles an hour and he's out. Um, he is what he is, but, but he has stepped up. You mentioned a couple of other guys getting timely hits, but, like, they don't have to be bad because Machado's good. I mean, Machado's amazing. I think a lot of guys have stepped up. Machado's stepped up to another level because he's Manny Machado. He's going to the Hall of Fame almost yeah. certainly. Like this is no, I mean this is if, wondrous if, to watch. There, yeah, there are there are guys other guys cannot step up to the level that Machado steps up. Right. Like you said, he he's he's different. Um, but that doesn't mean guys like you, like Will Myers can't deliver big hits, um, and and which which he has the which he's done, and, and it doesn't mean Hassan Kim can't play great defense. Uh, in addition to getting you know some timely hits, but you know it's that's a real having those guys on this on that side of the infield, and of course, I mean they're still they're twenty seven and fourteen, and and the guy everybody considers to be their best player hasn't hasn't played a hasn't played a down yet. Um, so um, I, I think it's it's interesting, you know, Bill Center, who's who's watched more baseball than either yeah, of us. I'm glad we were talking about this. Combined, yeah. you know, brought up yesterday that those two guys on the left side of the infield, in in, in Kim and and Machado, might be the best left side of the infield that he's that he's seen in watching the Padres. And I I know I mentioned I think once before that Machado might be the best defensive player the Padres have ever had. Now you've got a situation where you've got two guys sort of playing together uh, over there. And and I know, uh, you know, Nick Canepa brought up Greg Nettles and Gary Templeton. Greg Nettles was past his prime when he played here. Maybe maybe when Nettles was 30 years old instead of 40, he might have been able to play like that. He didn't play like that when he was here. And, and I don't, I, I've never, you know, I thought Gary Templeton was a very good player. I've never thought he was as great as some other people thought he was. Um, but, Kim is a very, very good defensive shortstop, and uh, it's remarkable. watching those two. What's that? Like he is as dependable as anybody. It's yeah, really, I mean, and he makes plays. They're not. He doesn't make them look spectacular. It's not Manny esque, but he makes them. I mean, I mean, yes, that, that was a huge double play the other day, and Whoa. just a just a great play at a big time. And uh, I, I think that you know the defense that these guys have played is is uh, is is also been enjoyable and and don't leave out you know don't leave out guys in the outfield. i mean what profar had to go through the other night was ridiculous um i, I was glad to see the giants it sounded like they increased some security a little bit uh, after after that happened but that's nothing new in san francisco i mean tony tony Gwynn used to talk about them all the time at candlestick 
Um, it's unfortunate, but I'm glad at least Profar didn't, uh, you know, didn't get hurt. And, uh, and they are and they, they are obnoxious as heck. I want to hate them. I really do. Giants fans like you, they're man. They really get into games and love their team, and it's a great atmosphere when it's not like that. It's right. that's what's oh, the shame about it. That's it's the a thing. Great atmosphere. Yeah, really make it a great atmosphere and enjoy the game. And the players but, said that. Yeah, there's never, there's just, I, I just don't understand that mentality. Uh, there's never an excuse for for throwing something. And then I love the fact that they were booing Profar like it was his fault. <laughs> that. Uh, and here's the 30-minute tone, by the way. Well, I got to um, say this, though. I want to say this. I'm really glad you brought up the Bill Center thing. Um, now, the fact that it was on Twitter is somewhat ironic. It's funny. But Bill Center, folks. There is no such thing as recency bias for Bill mm-hmm. Center, okay? We stopped being great after Patton, okay? We, <laughs> we <laughs> for Bill Center to say that this is probably the best left side of the infield, we can all stop talking about it because that just, I, I loved that because a lot of us get swept into, you know, um, the greatest, this is the best. No, it's not. Magic Johnson was. I mean, like, you know, this is yeah. not the case, okay? But when Bill Center says it, no chance that he's getting caught up in today, all right? Because he just right. got done watching a World War II documentary and driving his 1947 Mercedes, and, and that's what is happening. So, absolutely props to Bill. Kevin, I don't think we can top that. So, I, I Thanks, think everybody. We'll, we'll go. Thanks, and we'll be back on Friday to talk about what happened with the Brewers and what's ahead for the holiday weekend with the Pirates in town.